0: I'm Megan.
1: I'm Colin. And this is Pet Pet Sitter Confessional. Confessional.
0: An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter.
1: Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. Allie Smith found a way to make her business to do something more for her and connect with her clients on a different level and do something new for her business. And that was blogging. And so today we're really excited to talk to her about how blogging changed her business Changed her mental health and helped her better communicate with her clients and build better relationships. So, Ali, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Uh, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself?
0: Yeah, absolutely, Colin, and thank you very much for having me. Um, so, I'm Ali Smith. I am the founder of Remarkable, and um, I, I used to be a dog walker and pet sitter in the UK, and I'm now working as a dog trainer. So, I got made redundant out of my job as an accountant in London, and um, back and went okay well what do I want to do with my life um and I had I was I was gifted that opportunity to sort of review where everything would be um and that was at one point when I'd applied for a few jobs that I didn't really want but I looked at my my young dog at the time and went hmm, you're what I want to be working with that's what I want to be doing so I looked into it and um took all the necessary courses and things to make sure that I was adequately trained, hitting the road, and, um, and set up for myself. It was that age-old that story, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so you're, you're, you're running your business, you're operating your business. Why did you decide that you needed to start blogging as part of your business?
0: Well, I mean, it's one of those things that when you start a business, everybody goes, oh, you should have a blog. Google really likes it if you have a blog. And you sit there and go, oh, God, not another thing. Please don't make me do another thing. Yeah. I really don't want to have to do another thing <laughs> because we wear so many hats, right? We sit there and we're doing social media. We're doing all of our own graphics, our own photography, our own copywriting, and like for the website. And you sit there and you just go, I don't have time. Um, so when I did have time, I sort of sat there and went, okay, what's this whole thing about? looked into it i wrote a couple of like really really vague posts just to sort of see if there was anything worthwhile in it and they didn't do great um i couldn't see the value in it at all if i'm being very honest and um and then i sort of sat back and i wrote one piece and it was actually about my mental health and my my dog indy and um how he'd helped Mm. and um in amongst everything, there's a few things that sort of contribute to actually finally getting over things, right? Um, and between sort of blogging and my dog and various other things, it kind of all came together and working for myself. Um and it it became one of those things that was like I'd actually found traction with that one when I'd sort of uh shared my own experience and um and become that little bit more vulnerable. It very much translated to people, and and then I started getting a little bit more. Oh, this is what blogging's about. This is what it is. This is what people want. So I sort of sat there and, and took stock. And I actually didn't. I stopped writing after I wrote that bit because I got confused <laughs> and a little bit intimidated as to how to continue. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny how these stories all sort of unfold, isn't it? but um i got intimidated by that and i went oh my god what did i do with that one and how do i do it again right um and then i and then i took a course i took a course with um rachel spencer who uh is a publicity um she she runs like uh she runs a facebook group called publicity tips for pet businesses and um she she was doing a blogging course and i went okay let's see what this is about and let's see if i can actually figure out how to do this and i did it and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad to say. And then mm. I just sort of started producing content on the regular. And then I started seeing results from it. Mm. And my little, my very small dog walking, pet sitting business started getting ranking on Google. like On the front page of Google for things that weren't like dog walking, pet sitting in my area. And I was like, oh, good God. how 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 is a little teeny tiny dog walking business? Doing that—that's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> that's how it all started.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I think you know you're you're right. We we do kind of get bombarded with things to do in our business, mm. and blogging is definitely oh, yes. one of them <laughs> that we get told to do because, um, right? There's just there, there are a lot of things that come from that, and I love how you know mm. you wrote a couple. And it didn't get traction, and then you had one that was mm. it sounds like it was a little different than what you normally mm-hmm. wrote about and and I think one of the biggest stumbling blocks for many people is the topics that to write about for mm. for their pet saying business so <laughs> how how do you come up with topics or what are some topics that you recommend people write about
0: right so the the very first thing you can start doing is not going um what should I write about? It's what my customers are asking. Mm. So, um, for example, you, I mean, I know you work in the industry. <laughs> um, how many times do you get the same questions when you have a new meet and greet? Right. How many times do you get asked the same question when you're out on a walk, um, by somebody who's going away on holiday and they're like, Oh, you're a dog walker. Do you do this? <laughs> and it's like, Yep, I do, absolutely. And you give them the same the same answer, basically. They almost become like a script, right? Mm. That you, you just run through in your head and you can reel it off really quickly. And that is pretty much where you should start with blogging, in my opinion. Um, because they're the questions that are really important to your audience and or your potential audience. So like questions like what can I expect at a meeting greet? what's going to happen when you pick up my dog? What's going to happen when you're teaching my, or making sure that my dog can recall? <laughs> because we've all been in that situation as a dog walker, I'm sure <laughs> um, where, where somebody promises you that the dog's recall is perfect. And then you go, okay, if they're perfect, that's fine. And then you try it and then they don't listen. Yeah. And then you're panicking. Right. But, <laughs> and, then, and then we all put that process in place, don't we? And um, so yeah, we we all have these processes that are in place and it they're not always obvious to our customers and they're not something that you can necessarily put on a sales page like and actually go into the process and help your client to actually understand. And to me that's where the value really lies for a small business because you can you can give them insight and show them why you're different than everybody else in your area. And it you know, other than a little bit of time, it's free. Which is, which
1: is really cool. Yeah. And I, and I think just starting with those very common questions, I'm sure everybody could take the next Mm -hmm. five minutes and write out the 15 (laughs) most common questions that they get. Mm -hmm. And if you blog once a month, that's over a year's worth of content that you already have. Oh yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and you might think, well, you know, nobody's going to want to read that. Right. Or no, that what, what's good. Is that going to do? But if you've been asked that question twice, it means that there are uh, almost every mm-hmm. client that you're going to have is going to have that question. And then you start feeling, your clients are going to start feeling like, wow, this person knows exactly where I was going mm-hmm. next. Or wow, this person already has all their bases covered. <laughs> it feels like they they know me. And you're like, yes, because well, everybody asks me this question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the bet, But the better part is, is they get to know you. Through you answering that question, in my opinion, at least that's that's like the really big that builds trust, and you know, in our industry, trust is paramount because they don't necessarily have the tangibility that you know you have with a daycare where you know, or or like a a daycare for children. Sorry, Um, (laughs) where the the child comes home and they go, "Have you had a good day?" And they go, "Yes." No, it was awful. I got bullied. This happened. That happened. their dog can't tell them that. Whereas if they can get some insight as to your processes via some written words, they're going to trust you a lot quicker and a lot more Mm. than, you know, Susie down the road who doesn't blog, who doesn't give that sort of transparency.
1: Right. And I think, I think that's one of the biggest to to me, when I think of blogging, uh, I think it's one of the biggest benefits Mm. that you get for your business is that people get to hear your not hear your voice but they get to know your voice they get to know your written (laughs) your written content they get to know how you approach problems they get to know how you plan to solve things and it's this kind of marketing thing where again if they land on a page that has even six blog posts that are going to answer immediate questions that they have that's Mm -hmm. that's a huge trust factor that all of a sudden they go okay this oh, yeah. this random internet person who's going to take care of my dog knows <laughs> what they're talking about, right?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, and that, to start off with, is just one of those things that if they know you, you go into a meeting group with them mm. and they've already got their big questions answered. Yeah, They're not wasting that time that you you usually spend sort of 30 minutes going through. Okay, well, this is what happens. This is what we do, blah, 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 which they inevitably forget. <laughs> and you you end up answering again so you walk into this meeting and they actually already know all your processes they already yeah. know what to expect when you go into the meeting and and it just makes everything so much easier because you you've fought the battle already you've won the battle basically before you've even walked in the door right and and that that's invaluable in business right
1: mm-hmm. well yeah because it's saving it's not just saving their time, it's saving your time, right? You're able to take, instead of answering those questions, you're able to spend the time getting to know the dog, do the temperament mm-hmm. assessment, see how they're reacting, do all of those things that we actually want to be doing. We don't really want to go to a meet and greet, have to describe <laughs> what our onboarding process is like or you know no. the, the ins and outs of our other parts of our policies or these other questions. We want to get there and know the dog mm-hmm. and make sure they're going to be a good fit and make sure the owner feels comfortable. And so it allows yeah. us, to focus on those aspects that we actually would rather be doing.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and when they're already sold on you, it then just becomes a one-way interview. Is the dog right for me? Mm. Is the dog going to fit in at the time that the owner wants them to go in? Or are they going to argue with Fluffy? You right. know, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> It's true, isn't it? It's just <laughs> one of those things that you do when you walk in. You instantly go, okay, so 11 o'clock, we've got dog ABC. Mm-hmm is this dog going to fit with them? And and then you start working around that. And if, if it becomes that one-way process and they're trying to like go, my dog's awesome, honestly, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> then you're the one with, you're the one in the, and it sounds odd, but it's like you've been given that position of power back. Mm. And it means that you get the control in your business yeah. to create the service you want to create as opposed to, Taking everybody and anybody <laughs> to like to fill a gap and make sure that you get paid, right? um yeah. so this way, you can actually create services that are above and beyond. And and that's all with writing a blog, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which which again, it sounds really really simple, right? It sounds so simple. Mm-hmm. So, and and so from from your perspective, what what makes a good what makes a good blog? For, for somebody in, in pet sitting, dog walk, or training?
0: Personality. Hmm. It's, it's got to be personality because if you read... Okay, so let's, let's say in the example that everybody in the industry took this advice. <laughs> um, and everybody's got a blog, everybody's running to the same speed. Um, what's the difference when you read something, when you gravitate towards something? It's going to be when somebody's speaking in a way that you understand in a way that works for you in a way that you can sort of sit there and actually engage with and if then you're kind of finding like like-minded people mm. and that like-mindedness is also going to help make sure that you have you have a successful business relationship together isn't it? Right. So that to me I think is the big part is um, to make sure that, that it's packed full of personality. Right. It, it's you, you know, it's you on a page. Mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which which is which can be scary because we that means we have to be comfortable with ourselves I mean a it has to we have to know ourselves, and then b we have to be comfortable with who we are, and then c we have to be okay with letting other people see that in our business, but mm-hmm. when, when people connect with it, we know we're going to work well with them because we've put ourselves out there yeah. it's like putting it's like making little copies of little bits of who you are on your website that people can see that they yeah. can read. And they can start getting to know you. Have you heard of Time to Pet? Chris from Raining Cats and Dogs has this to say.
0: Becoming a Time to Pet client has been a game changer for us. We can give our pet services clients real-time cloud-based information they never imagined they'd be interested in. And most importantly, to me personally, I can better manage my company and look forward to more. And not a small thing, Time to Pet is responsive to my request for new features and modifications to existing ones.
1: If you are looking for new pet sensing software, give time to pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off their first 3 months by visiting timetopet.com/confessional. I know for me, I try and write like my old high school like research papers, <laughs> very very formal, very and people might not be comfortable mm-hmm. writing. If someone's listening to this going I'm not a very good writer or I don't I'm not comfortable writing. How, how can we start to overcome some of those fears of of our actual written uh documents and in getting over the and through that process.
0: So most of us have hang-ups about like our high school English teachers. I know I do. Um
1: still, still have nightmares. <laughs> yeah. I, I,
0: oh my gosh, it's just something that's quite terrifying, isn't it? Um so I, I want to say you're never going to appeal to anybody, whether you're a good writer, a bad writer, or otherwise. Um, so, don't try to. I mean, we have a lot of expectations. I mean, it's it's like when you know a a, a dog, a, a new dog owner or puppy parent, whoever gets a new dog, and they want them to be perfect. Stop striving for perfect there's no such thing and the more time you spend obsessing about it being about Mm. you being a good writer or about the dog being perfect it's just not going to happen so try if you can to throw that out the window and just go for it because it's that's going to be a barrier that you just don't need and Mm. if you are struggling there's no harm in getting a, a friend a relative whoever or even a paid professional to proofread the first few and go, what do you think? How how do you feel about that? And if you don't feel comfortable publishing it, don't publish it. So, it you know, you're only beholden to you before you start. If you want to practice a few times and write it out once, twice, three times and go, hmm, no, it's not hitting where I want it to hit. Don't publish it. You don't have to put
1: it out. Yeah, there's no, nobody holding your feet mm-hmm. to the fire to hit publish once you once you write it. And <laughs> I know for me, um, part of that realization is, um, okay, I'm not happy with how I'm currently writing or my current writing ability. Mm-hmm. How do I get better at that? Ooh, I need to write more. I need to practice at this. And I need to get stuff out there and get some feedback. And what what I kind of what's what's good about that process it's this iterative process of writing and getting feedback or writing and learning and writing and practice. Mm-hmm. And and you just have to kind of do this over time to become more mm-hmm. comfortable with it.
0: And then what I also
1: like about that is that after, you know, maybe a year, you're like, ooh, what am I gonna write about? You can look back at some of your old posts and go, ooh, that one needs to be refreshed, and I'm better <laughs> at writing now, and I can <laughs> I can make that one better.
0: <laughs> oh, I know I know that story. I know that story all over. I look back at some of the stuff that I like I started writing and I'm like, oh, that's not that's not doesn't even sound like me. Why am I why did I write that? But <laughs> That's just part of the process, right? You learn as you go, yeah. as you said. It's it's part of the fun of it, and I think if you just try and embrace it, you you you'll make quicker strides than you think you will.
1: So, I'd like to know a little bit about your writing process. How you go through <laughs> that process from 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 idea to implementation to publishing, and what, what what does that look like for you?
0: Um. So to start with, my ideas come from all sorts of places. So. I mean, whether that's from my actual clients um, who are going, puppy's done something really weird this week, and I have no idea why. And you sit there and you go, go on then. And then then you, you go, okay, well, actually, it's just this. And then you can go, like the blog post can be, you don't have to refer to the client and their very peculiar question, but you can go, my puppy's doing a weird thing. What is it? And and that is pretty much a blog title question, a blog title, right? Mm. And then you just sit there and you answer it again, and then like Facebook, Facebook groups are great because you'll notice that um, the the same questions get asked, right? So whether you're in a German Shepherd group and they're going, my puppy's five months old and his ears haven't come up yet, is that normal? And you start going, oh, that's a common question. You can answer that pretty quickly. That's not like that's not that tough, right? So and you but you can easily sort of get a very short blog post out of that and then any time that somebody asks it in the future you can share it and go ta-da, here's your answer. Um, <laughs> but then the writing process, I mean, once I've actually got a firm idea, I'll I'll sort of try and plan it through in about 15 minutes and then it's a case of writing. So then the writing depends on how long how how involved the piece has to be cuz like i've got some really long form pieces now that are like a few thousand words um but most of them i mean a, a normal size piece will take about an hour maybe an hour and a half to to write up but it's the editing in wordpress that takes the time if i'm being honest <laughs> getting all the pictures and doing all that stuff that's that's the time consuming bit for me Mm. But what, four hours
1: maybe? Yeah. Yeah. And if you are spreading that throughout a week or maybe two weeks, depending mm-hmm. on how you, what your release schedule is of how frequently you're blogging, you know, it really doesn't take that much time. It's just time that you have to spend doing that, right? And mm-hmm. and, and I think, you know, you mentioned there about how the lengths can vary. And, and I know my brain yeah. tends to get hung up on that kind of thing of going, well, mm-hmm. how long does this need to be? Uh, Is is there is there a length that is is optimal or that uh, that you have found that connects more with people or is it really just topic driven of it needs to be as long as it needs to be to address the topic?
0: The latter. Um, So it's one of those things that you can obsess all you want, but it if you sit there and you ramble on for 5,000 words about something that should have been 500 words, nobody's going to read it because it's not going to make enough sense. You're not going to get to the point quick enough. You're not going to get, um, it becomes like a false economy. So you're investing a lot more time than you need to. Hmm. And then you're not going to get the hits that you want. Um, and you're not going to get the the results out of that. And and people, then people who are reading it are going to sit there and going. Why is she waffling? Is she being me in this instance? Why is she waffling on about this? This is really, this doesn't need to be said. And then if, <laughs> if oh, it's true, isn't it? And um, and if they don't just scroll to the bottom and find the answer in the short version at the bottom, they're just going to click back and go read somebody else's that's more direct with the answer. So hmm. unless it's something that actually needs discussion and and like there's actually a lot of factors to it that say aren't often considered. Um then, you know, make it as long as it needs to be and that's it. You don't need any excess fluff in there. We have enough fluff in our lives, right? <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, and I think, I think part of that comes from when you sit down to write on a topic, you stare literally at a blank page. Mm-hmm. And there's, A, it's overwhelming because it's blank. And then B, all of a sudden, the, as you write, it's like, ooh, is this sufficient? Is this enough? I don't know. There's still a lot of blank space here. <laughs> and being comfortable with that space and going, did I answer the question? Did I provide value? It, does it make sense. Okay, at that point, it's done, right? It's complete. Mm-hmm. And you can post it. And, and again, that but that just is part of this process of learning about how you write, what your writing style is. I, I know for me, I tend to write either extremely lengthy, very, very wordy, <laughs> verbose sentences, or in bullet points. And there's not much in between, and so. uh,
0: Yeah, I I know that feeling. (laughs) I know that feeling. There, there are times where you just can't stop the words, and they just keep coming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's, there's worse places to be.
1: Right. (laughs) But it's, it's this knowing. Okay, how, how do I need to cover this topic? And, and when you're writing topics for things that either a you have experience with or B, you get common questions on, those, those kind of flow a little bit easier, I've found. Oh, it's it's when all of a sudden we have to start pulling in research or we're doing adding links to outside sources that we mm-hmm. can kind of get hung up. So do you find yourself writing a lot of articles that are writing a lot of blog posts that are pretty research intensive or are they mostly trying to answer common client questions?
0: Mm. Okay, so definitely do... Um, a lot of common questions because they're they're gonna flow so like for me, they flow a lot quicker, and you can very quickly put a blog post together and if you're on a time limit or similar, it's so much easier whereas throwing in the odd one where you've had like a load of research and you can really pack it full of value is is also important because you know your your audience when when you get to that sort of stage that you're comfortable publishing posts like that. Your audience is going to value it because you've you've taken the time to consolidate a whole bunch of um like other people's work efforts, other people's um uh like like for example, I, I did a post on um some of the best online training courses that you can take for your dog, hmm. um like to train with your dog. And um that that took a lot of time to put together together. But it's such a valuable resource for people to actually sort of sit there and go, Oh my God, she's actually just shortlisted, like the best one for this and this and this. And my dog's really struggling with separation anxiety. I am going to go take that course. And if you can provide those like really quickly for your customers, that's just such value add add for them. And yeah, it it takes time, but it's, it's value.
1: Yeah. And I think I, We can get caught up in the feeling of not being an expert in a particular field. Mm -hmm. And and I think stepping back and going, that's okay. That's why you're writing the Mm -hmm. article, right? You get to write that article because you have the time and and whether you believe it or not, like you have more knowledge about a topic or more experience with a topic than you imagine. Mm -hmm. And even though you aren't the world renowned expert in something, you can still go and do the research for other people and put together something Mm -hmm. so that they can have. So it's not about, oh, I know everything and I don't have to cite any sources. It's, okay, I get to put some stuff together and tell a story in my voice that's going to help my clients and they're going to be better for it.
0: Absolutely. And, and sometimes just that adding that element of personal experience to something, because normally you write about something you've, you've got a passion about, right? Um, adding that element the personal experience makes it so much more relatable for for your audience and if they can gravitate towards your tone they're more likely to trust anything else that you put in there anyway so if you're making other people's work more accessible that's great
1: when we are writing and sometimes when we're writing under stress there's this temptation to sometimes you know maybe just copy and paste a little bit from other blogs or other sources and publish that so why why talk about that and, and maybe why that's not the best practice that we should be doing
0: for legal reasons? And you don't really want to be starting to go into that territory. <laughs> um, people don't want to hear somebody else; they want to hear you. And that to like somebody who's new to blogging, and I would have said the exact same thing like a couple of years ago. I would have gone, no, they don't. Who am I to be talking about this stuff? It's like, well, actually, you're their pet care provider. Hmm. They want to hear from you. They want to know what you're interested in. They want to know what you're, like, totally obsessing about at the moment in the world of, like, canine research or whatever it is that you're particularly passionate about, whether that's, like, the the local off-lead dog who you don't want to talk about. like by name who comes up and pesters everybody (laughs) and you want to make the point to your local audience. Mm -hmm. That's true, isn't it? We've all been there. Um, (laughs) And you want to make the point to your local audience that, you know, having dogs off lead with no recall is not responsible, Um, but you want to do it in a nice, positive, friendly way. Or (laughs) there's just so much that you can convey in your tone, even if like you sit there and at the end of it, you, you link to a really, a a much bigger campaign. So like on that previous example, the, the, um, respect the lead campaign, you know, if, if you, if you referred to that at the end of it and just sort of gave your story at the start, you're giving, you're giving pause to somebody. Mm. You're going to have people resonate with that because they've obviously had the same incident with, with Fido in the park. And, yeah, it's, it's your voice. They want to hear. It's not somebody else's. They they want to know from you how you're experiencing things. And it, that, that tone is just, you know, is so important. You're right.
1: And, and I think that many times we do discount ourselves or, you know, you said, like, who am I, mm-hmm. Wh- who am I, why is anybody going to be reading this or listening to me or care about mm-hmm. my thoughts? But they do, especially your existing clients. Mm-hmm especially people who are out there, who, who have questions, who maybe who know you, know of you. When you start putting this mm-hmm. content out there, you immediately become kind of the center of attention about it. And people do look for them. And they do, mm-hmm. you know, when I, I was, I know when Megan and I started blogging in our, for our business, and we were shocked mm-hmm. by the people who read it. We were like, why? Why are you reading this? It's what? <laughs> What, what stop like what, what are you doing <laughs> <But> they,
0: <laughs> as if you've got nothing better to do with your life and spend five minutes reading my blog post that i'm pontificating about something that oh okay no you do care yeah. um <laughs> but they but they, enjo-
1: but they but they enjoy it that's the other part there yeah. because they like you right they're your clients they respect you and they're looking for information from you they view you as a resource and a place to go in a hub mm-hmm. for all this information Blogging is a way to sure. to help pull that all together. And so I think just taking one step back and knowing that you're going to put it out there, sure, there may be some people who don't like the way it's written or disagree with some points, but it is going to connect with others as well and, and to not be afraid of
0: that and to embrace that. Mm, and actually embrace that controversy because like what you just said there, if people don't agree, that's great. Because the more discussion you can create around a subject, as long as it's like, mature, constructive discussion as sure. opposed to yeah. scary people being trolls. <laughs> um, <laughs> the more discussion you can create around something, the more you're actually going to bring in an audience, the more eyes you're actually going to get on your stuff. So, you know, don't, don't be controversial for the sake of being controversial, but if you have a really passionate opinion about something, don't be afraid to actually go. Well, here's my thoughts. Because that's 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 good content. That's really good content.
1: So we've come up with topic ideas, we've gone through a process of mm-hmm. writing them and publish them, we kind of overcome our fears of getting our voice mm-hmm. out there. We've got this blog, it's posted on our website. Mm-hmm. What do we do with it then? What should we be doing? What should we not be doing with that with that post?
0: Um what you should not be doing is just leaving it alone and pretending like it's all gonna be fine. Um because um if if it gets no views, and I mean, that's one thing. But leaving it alone and just sort of letting it stagnate is, is not going to be any benefit to you. You've already put the hard work in. Mm. So make use of it on your social media. In those days where you are sitting there going, ooh, what am I going to post about today? Um, pull, pull a quote from your blog post and just sort of summarize it and go, this is my thought on this or this is, you know, it – tick season's coming make sure you've got your preventative in or, like on and you haven't forgotten this month and <laughs> and and make sure that you know you you you're following these guidelines here's my six best tips for tick prevention mm-hmm. and then you stick the link in bio in, up to your blog and all of a sudden your your audience on instagram has got a whole new bit of content that they probably that they may not have known existed mm-hmm. if you've got a newsletter or email um subscription list send it out to them make sure if your local facebook groups allow it send it out there too because the more you can sort of leverage that for you the better it's going to be and because the more eyes you get on it they're they're potential clients every single one of them because if they're reading about tick prevention in somerset which is a place in england um, then you know they're your clients they're literally on your doorstep if they're reading that piece so why not
1: yeah well and and i'll say that the that you know maybe that person that's reading it right now maybe they don't need a pet sitter or a dog walker or a trainer but mm-hmm. they may know somebody down the line who does and they have mm-hmm. now read your blog and they're going to be doing some uh peer to peer marketing right for you in the background and okay. you have now helped convert that because you you didn't that person who read it was convinced and was sold on who you are and your services by your blog post. You know we've had that happen where mm-hmm. the person they don't have a dog but they were still interested in what we wrote <laughs> and they shared it with their neighbor who had a dog and said, hey look look I just read this blog post I think it's going to really uh, speak to you and so you don't know who's going to share and how it's going to connect with people unless you put it out there
0: exactly and you have to. <laughs> There's a phrase in England um, that you've got to risk it for a biscuit. And um, that's, that is how, you know, marketing works. You've got to put yourself out there in order to see if it's going to work. And if it does, there's, there's, it makes your life so much easier. And as a, as a business professional, because like I said, you go into a meet and greet, it's different. You go like the clients you get offer of the back of these things. And I noticed a substantial difference um, before like for my clients that I got pre-blog to those that I had post-blog. Um like consistent blog at that. Mm-hmm. Um because they they were just they were the easy clients. Do you know the ones I mean? Yeah. Where like they pay you on time, they respect your time. They don't email you or message you at one in the morning. They they and then ask the next day Oh, have you got a spot at 10am and it's already nine and they don't mess you around. They're the ones that you really want to keep on your books. Right. And if you could have less conflict, better quality clients, more consistent money, because you're investing in yourself and in your business with four hours every couple of weeks. It it just, it, it makes so much sense in my opinion.
1: I would love for you to talk about how some more of those changes that you saw personally um, when you started mm-hmm. to, when you started to blog regularly, what are some of the maybe peripheral things that you saw change and responses that you got over time?
0: Um, I mean, there was the obvious, like my existing good clients were like, oh my God, I really love that, that thing you wrote about a certain product, let's say. Um, I hadn't even considered using a holy roller ball as a as, as an enrichment toy, and do you know Brody loves it. He's really found that in gate, like he he's he's really enjoying it. It's like great, hmm. you know. He's a happier dog. So my existing clients were getting new tips that they'd never considered, and as a result, the dog was happier in their home, which made them easier to train, which made them easier for me when they're out on a walk too. Um, and then the 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 clients that I didn't have yet, I'd walk into the meeting and they'd be like, "I feel like I already know you," and I'm like, "Okay, that's weird because I don't know you, but that's really <laughs> nice to hear." And, well, it's true, isn't it? It's it's yeah. like you must get it with the podcast all the time that people are like, "Oh my god, Colin, I know you so well," and you have no idea who I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's slightly peculiar the first time you hear it, but then you sit back and you go, oh, no, that's a good thing. Yeah. And you, you, you pick up better clients and they're just, like, the dogs are easier because they're listening to, like, the, the fact that you have this process for recall and they've read that piece and they've gone, oh, that's how she does it. Maybe we can do something similar. And then when you sort of all start aligning processes, you start aligning the way that like you run your business and how they raise their pet. And then it all kind of comes together and it just makes life like a hundred times easier. And, you know, like I said earlier, you're getting paid on time. You've got easy dogs, you've got easy clients. And if you have to cancel something with a client and, you know, say, I don't know. You've got a dentist appointment as an emergency, and they normally the response will just be absolutely fine. As opposed to getting any sort of conflict, they I find that they're more willing to work with you because it's like they know and trust you more than the impact you can make when you drop off their dog when they're not there, mm. or when you're pet sitting and they're not there because that's that's a lot of our job right that the owners aren't there so you don't actually interact with them much and if this is the way you interact with them by guiding them in the best way to help you as such then you know, your business just gets easy and that's that's the goal
1: yeah well you're right and i think you know you said again of that that trust factor that mm-hmm. many of the behaviors that we see in clients that we that frustrate us that keep us up at night I think mm-hmm. a lot of times that comes from the fact that they might not inherently trust us just yet, or they don't, they're unsure, or they're nervous about something. And that's a lot of times mm. to be expected. And we, th- we, we think about ways of how can I, you know, I provide the best service and they still don't trust me, or I pr- do all this <laughs> stuff and they still don't trust me. What What's going on? And to to yeah. add, a, add a piece to that puzzle going, well, if if you had something out there that was informing, that was educating and was um, building a relationship without you having to be present. Wouldn't that be great? And that's what that blog does. That mm-hmm. that pulls all those pieces together. Mm-hmm. And and you you you're right. Clients start to, you know, proverbially, their shoulders start to relax a little bit, and they go, okay, yeah. this this person, a, I know them a lot better, and b, mm-hmm. they know what they're talking about, and they know what they're doing. So, okay, I can. I won't text at 1 a.m. because of something that came up or, or you know, things, or, or things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's true, isn't it? And and like, when you consider that you're spending that four hours, say, on writing a blog, formatting it, putting it up, add, like pushing it out to your audience and, and making sure that they get their eyes on it. You're actually building relationships with, what, 20, 30 clients at a time for right. four hours. That time investment versus the relationship investment is huge. Right. And it just means that they're more likely to, you know, refer you on as well. So you're gonna get new clients from them too, because they're happier mm-hmm. with you and your service. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, you you get in touch and you get some more contact and touch points with clients who maybe mm-hmm. don't use you regularly. So you're staying in front of them, staying top of mind. And it does kind of work again through this almost direct marketing as well. It's it, we get both, we go both sides of the cookie this time. We get the, mm-hmm. the the marketing and we get the relationship building through through our words about things that are relevant to our business and for topics yep. that people are interested in.
0: When you're making that much like headway in your business for 4 hours, I don't see how it's a lose. <laughs>
1: Pet Perennials makes it easy as one, two, three to send a heartfelt condolence gift directly to someone with a broken heart. They have this awesome direct client gift service that takes the effort off of us and ensures a thoughtful, personalized sympathy gift reaches our client or employee. All gift packages include a handwritten card, colorful gift wrap and shipping fees across the U S and Canada. They're releasing an array of milestone gifts and greeting cards throughout the rest of the year that can be sent to celebrate birthdays, extend get well wishes and welcome new or rescue pets. They also have a few gift options in case you need to send a sympathy gift in memory of a special human client. If you're interested, register for a free account to receive discounted package pricing rather than pay consumer prices. Since the service is leveraged on an as-need basis, there are no monthly or annual obligation or minimum purchases. Learn more and register by using PetPerennials.com slash pages slash GPS or the link in the show notes. Enter the referral code PSC at registration. You'll get a unique coupon code to save $2 off any packages that you send in your first 90 days. Kind of, you know, what this is really doing is it's it's getting at the fact that we are we we try and find ways to have better work life balance, to have better oh, yeah. more space in our days, and that, that's something that I think you know you, you really connected with you and that you saw as far as like a, a, an, an increase or a boost to to your mental health.
0: Yes, absolutely, because like we've all been there right where you're you are you are working 14 15 hour days and you're getting stressed the money's not where it should be at the right time and then, which means that you know you you're stressed about that too and if if you're running your own business you can't be doing all of that stuff you can't be behind every step because it means that you're just going to go out on a walk or go out to your pet sits and you're going to be stressed and there's no need to be stressed. Like the whole point, like most of us go into business for ourselves, right? To to bring back that work-life balance, to, to, to do something we love because we enjoy it. And when you lose that, then your mental health starts deteriorating and, and you just can't, it becomes a bit of a downward spiral, right? So if you can change that, and I know it it's harder then to carve out four hours because you're working stupid hours. But if you can, and even if it's once a month, like like we said, it 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 will help you sort of or it definitely helped me to to make that change and mm. to, to bring that back to balance, which was which was the ultimate goal. Right.
1: Well, and too, you know, there's there's so much that gets tied up into this of of okay. You know, what am I stressed about? Am I stressed that I'm not getting the clients I want? Am I stressed that I don't have the relationship I want? them? And am I stressed that I don't have content to post elsewhere? And we've we've talked about mm-hmm. all three of those things of reuse, repurpose portions of the blogs that you've had in the past to continue to be able to have things to share. And even you know, we found mm-hmm. just doing direct link to the blog. Sometimes someone has a question in a local Facebook group or a client has a concern. Yeah. We go, "Yep, we wrote about that. Here that is, and it's our resource." Yeah. Uh, with links and yeah. everything included into it. And those little touches really go a long way to allow mm-hmm. us to know that, um, again, that, that those relationships are there. And, and that's really what I'm hearing from you. And I know we've talked about it a lot on this is just that <laughs> c- central to, to what blogging does for our business here is it, it builds those relationships and it, and it helps nurture those the, when we're connecting with others.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if, If the dog can't convey or if the cat or the fish, I don't know, can't convey exactly what it is that, you know, we're doing for them, we still have to do that. We have to sort of quantify what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to do that is to do it en masse. You know, don't do it every time. Don't do it every time you walk into a meet and greet, every time that you come home and, you know, the client goes, oh, I just paid however much money for you to come in and, 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 you know, you didn't even pick up the the piece of mail that came in this morning. And it's like, well, yeah, but I did actually do all of this other stuff that you're not seeing. And that frustration is only coming because of the lack of communication. Right. Mm. So if, if you can go, well, okay, no, I didn't pick that up, but, I did do a few things such as blah. If you want to know more about the process or, or you know, be reminded about what happened, yeah. there's a summary in this blog post. And and those sort of, that ability to just refer to something and, and, and <laughs> push a gripey client away and just go, well, the answer's here. This <laughs> is what you signed up for. Yeah, You know, then you, you deal with other problems too. And and even when you've got inquiries and you can go, well, okay, so you're really interested in the service. I, I would love you to read this piece on what's going to happen in the meet and greet, this piece on what the onboarding process is, and this piece on what actually happens on a walk. And you fire them off those three pieces. If they read them, you've got a good client. You know you've got a good client. And, yeah, you can turn your business from being hard work into being quite easy with a little bit of time and investment. I,
1: I want to talk about more some of the, the nuts and bolts of, of a blog piece. You know, we've uh-huh. talked about the writing, we've talked about the topic and the personality that we should have in it. What are some other elements of a blog that are going to help make it stand out and connect with our clients?
0: Um, pictures are great. Um, so like, especially if you're talking about your services, you like the less you can use stock photos, which is a real temptation. And the more you can use, um, actual photos that you've taken, say of your dogs on a walk or of the happy cat that you've looked after, um, the more it's going to resonate. And you know, every time you put in somebody's dog they get a real kick out of it because like, oh my God, my gorgeous little puppies on their website. Isn't that cool? And they're actually more likely to share it. So it works in so many ways. Um, And then, you know, if you want to go into the real um, techie bit of it, you've got, you know, head like your, your headlines, your, your titles, your, um your alt tags on pictures if you really want to start getting into it um but my real recommendation would be not to to start because the more you can just sort of produce something that you're happy with you don't necessarily care if it gets ranked on google or if Mm. it you know stuff like that because it's actually made for your audience you can take a little bit of the stress out of it and then, as you get comfortable with your content and, and producing on a regular schedule, you can look at how to upgrade and how yeah. to put in alt text and how to put in metadata and all the other scary terms that come along with logging. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that. I love that process of, of first, we got to mm-hmm. get comfortable writing, we got to get comfortable mm-hmm. in this process, and then we can add some complexity. And because yeah. that all that all stuff can come later let's just start mm-hmm. working this muscle to to get to get into this process and to get better at it to build our skills and then write and then add all of those tags and metadata and and get it formatted differently or or, or mm-hmm. more for for seo um but mm-hmm. let's just make that connection with our clients first and then move on to that
0: because mm-hmm. you can also use it as like your little testing ground right if you're only writing for your clients it's a lot less scary than writing for the the rest of the world, right. or even like your local town, you know, if, if you already know your clients and they already know you, you can, you can test around in that little, in that little pond before you make the pond bigger. Hmm. So it, it makes a lot of sense to, to not run before you can walk.
1: Well, and too, you know, we can always go back to those first blog posts yeah. and not only rewrite them, but add all of that stuff once we get mm-hmm. more comfortable with those tools and that process too.
0: Absolutely. And it's actually really encouraged to do that. um, Because that's something that Google really likes is to see your content updated semi regularly. So there you go, extra bonus for doing it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so,
1: uh, you know, one of the things that I know, you know, we've talked a lot about topics, uh, you know, over and over again, but I know that that tends to be really big sticking point. What's what's the proper way? To, to reuse or to to go back to the same topic? Can I just, is, am I, is it okay to copy and paste all the same text and just change from the metadata? Or should I try and rewrite big portions of it?
0: Um, uh, it, it depends on your method. If, if you're planning on just sort of going into the, the blog itself and editing it, it's going to be the preferable way if you're doing like minimal changes as opposed to like, copying the whole blog post and reposting it because um, one of the things Google doesn't like is duplicate content. It makes it, um, it makes your site look like it's more like spam. So mm. it, it, it yeah, it's, it's not a good thing to have like lots of the same content, but if there's sort of like a, what, 25 to 30% change, you should be fine. Um, so if you do want to write or rewrite big swaths of it, by all means, I personally, I would junk the old article and just do a new one. Um, sure. And, you know, use the old one as a template, but just just give it a rewrite and, and make it look a little bit fancier and hopefully make it a little bit more engaging because you've learned something in the last however long between you posting it and reposting it. Um, right. But, you know, if if it's too similar... Definitely, just do an edit on it and just tweak in what you need to tweak in.
1: Again, f- figuring out what our goals are for the post mm-hmm. and exactly what what we're tra- what we're trying to get out of it, and, and knowing that ahead of time versus okay, I've got to burn it all down. I've got to start from zero. Well, <laughs> might not, you know, may, maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, but do some do some thinking about it before you get to that point.
0: Absolutely. I, I'm, the only other thing is if you're doing a slightly different angle on it. Um, then hmm. definitely do like a new post. So if you're doing like a, well, last year I said this, this year it's slightly different. So, like, if it's a seasonal thing, so if it's like an annual, uh, like the algal blooms, right? So, you, I know in England we get a uh, blue green algae that like blooms in the ponds and it's really dangerous to dogs. If yeah. something has changed like this year and you know you've got in there like a list of the ponds that are really, really affected this year let's say then you know just stick 2020 on last ones on last year's post and put 2021 on this year's post there's no harm in going and grabbing a bunch of the same content putting that in and going this is what an algal bloom is because that hasn't changed from this year to next to to last year right and and explaining it that way and you know there's no harm in grabbing that but make sure a nice chunk of it's different and you'll be fine
1: yeah, well, I'm thinking too about you know about holidays or parades in your town. Uh, yeah, you know of, of you went one year and you wrote a blog post about it, and you went to it. And if you learn something different, or have different recommendations, or there are new or different things to mm-hmm. do, that's a great way to pull that article updated oh, yeah. for the next year, and and continue to add to it over time.
0: Absolutely, and and if you do want to just add to it as well, it's a good good way of doing stuff like that hmm. because like with a parade, there'd be or like festival or whatever it is there there'll be a good chunk that's similar so you can definitely leverage off of it. but then you know you've got the flip side where if you write a whole new piece it's another it's another piece on there right as opposed to just an edited piece so it depends i, I i'd probably prioritize that depending on time is how i'd go at that it's like which one's going to get me the best results and how long will it take
1: yeah, again, all about our goals and, and who we're trying to yeah. – and, and the message that we're trying to get, get connected with. And I think that, that what you've said before of starting simple – to just get in the mm-hmm. process, to start doing something, to to get over those fears, to just start, yeah. and then add complexity. <laughs> as
0: your English teacher gave you. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. As we're as we're suffering from PTSD from the the yeah. demarcations that we had from from high school English and not using the <laughs> proper syntax or whatever, or misusing a semicolon. Oh, put put all that stuff aside, <laughs> and 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 know that it's okay to just just start. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, uh, So, (laughs) what 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 are some of your favorite resources for getting started in blogging and learning some of the ins and outs?
0: Um, So, I know I mentioned Rachel Spencer earlier. She is just really wonderful. She's a real sweetheart. She she runs um, a free Facebook group called Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses, which is like my ultimate favorite. (laughs) Um, Then we've got uh, Bella Vasta. She does some wonderful stuff on um general content marketing and blogging is part of it but they're all in pet space um oh the book by marcus sheridan um is really good it's called um they ask you answer and it's very much again focused on the client and making sure that you're answering your client's questions it's actually on audible which is where i listen to it because i'm really bad about actually sitting down with a physical book i do like an audio book (laughs) um well you listen to it on a dog walk don't you as opposed to having to like make time and sit down and read oh yeah Um, yeah (laughs) that's why podcasts do so well right (laughs) Um, and um yeah they're kind of my three top i think for blogging and whilst marcus sheridan's book isn't pet specific it's it's really valuable ali i
1: have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation about blogging (laughs) and walking through each stage of content development and even repurposing it and reusing it for different things and just how at the end of the day, it's about connecting with our clients and, and really being able to run the business that we want to be running for our mental health and for the betterment of our clients as well. But I know that, that there is so much more to this topic. And so if, if people want to get connected, um, pick your brain on it. Uh, how, how best can they get connected with you?
0: Um, with me specifically, um, you, you'll you find me on remarkable.com. So that's like remarkable, but with a B, because I like to make puns. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and yeah, just drop me an email. And, and you know, I'm always happy to help somebody who's getting into it and point you out some great free resources to start you off. Yeah. And then to like, you know, I, I, if you are willing to pay people to assist you, I know the right people to, to go to as well. Um, because I've gone through that process and we've, we've learned that part already. So I I can give you the benefit of my knowledge there.
1: Well, that's awesome. And yeah, uh, both Rachel and Bella have, um, have podcasts and I will, I will have links to, to their websites, to their Facebook groups, the podcast, and to that book that you mentioned, they ask you answer in the show notes so that people can click right to that so that they, uh, can, can start learning today and start doing something for the business and to get the, um, the benefits. That, that, that you have seen, Allie. And again, I really thank you so much for coming on the show today, for sharing. This has been a wonderful conversation and um, I just, I guess, can't thank you enough.
0: Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's been a really, I've laughed a lot, which is lovely when you're on any podcast, right? You want to, or an, any interview, you want to have fun on those things. So it's been great being here. Thank you.
1: Risk it for a biscuit is my big takeaway from my conversation with Allie. And I think that expands beyond just trying to get started with blogging. That expands to many aspects of our business and running the pet care business that we want to be running. At some point, we have to come to the decision of, is this worth... The reward that I'm seeking. And as Ali explained, blogging is so much more than just banging away at a keyboard to make words appear on a screen. It's about building a relationship. It's about building trust. It's about building a familiarity with your community and with the clients that you want. And you're connecting with your clients through the topics that you're covering how you're covering them through exposing your personality and injecting yourself and your opinions into the pieces that we're writing. I struggle with writing more personalized pieces of information. I do write more dry, informative pieces. And I know that that's a big thing that I have to work on when it comes to our blog, because we do want to be connecting with people. We want them to feel familiar with us and like they know us and be able to share our knowledge and information along the way would love to hear your experience with blogging, how it's gone for you, what your writing process is, and have you share some of that information as well. You can send us an email at feedback at PetSitterConfessional or tag us on a post in social media. We're at PetSitterConfessional on Facebook and Instagram as well. We want to thank our sponsors for today's episode, Timed Pet and Pet Perennials. And we really want to thank you for listening, for sharing and for just being so wonderful. And so we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will be back again soon.